Hey, it's Damian Barling reminding you to check out the Sacramento Kings podcast right here on the Hoop Ball Podcast Network for all of your Sacramento Kings news and notes. You can follow me on Twitter at Damian Barling, and you can follow us at Hoop Ball Kings. Don't miss a single episode of the Sacramento Kings podcast right here on the Hoop Ball Podcast Network. The following is a Hoop Ball presentation. Mavs Nation, good evening. This is Lawrence Brooks. I'm your host here at Hoop Ball Dallas Mavericks. And we had a hell of a game tonight. I mean, I think defense was optional, but again, hell of a game. Um, it was 134-131. Um, unfortunately, the Dallas Mavericks lost tonight in a game that was just one for the history books. And you can probably just go ahead and say that Dame Lillard won the game for Portland more so than Dallas lost the game, or you can, um, or you can actually, you know, dig into some of the stats, and you can just see. I mean, just defensively, they just did not get enough stops when it mattered most. Um, Damian Lillard had 61. He was in another zone. He wasn't even in the bubble with the zone he was in. I mean, hitting. 30-foot step backs, one of his last threes, bounced high, went up above the backboard, and just came directly down into the basket. It was that type of night on the offensive end for both teams. Um, The Mavericks started out hot. I mean, they came out and they hit four threes in the first five minutes. Luka hit two threes. Porzingis hit two threes. Um, Funny enough, that was the only two threes that Luka hit tonight. And... You would have thought that he would have. He, he looked like he was on a historic pace himself, but he cooled off a little bit. Even though his stat line uh, rounded out to be about what he normally does, but from if, from the first from the first half on, you could just tell that this game was going to be filled with points. And again, defense was not at a premium. Um, Mavs came out hot, but the Blazers ended on a 15-0 run at halftime. Which, um, which pretty much put Dallas in a bind of knowing that no matter what, they were going to have to keep their foot on the gas um, on the offensive end. It seems like Luca and uh, Chris and Luca and Kristaps are getting in sync in terms of what they want offensively. Porzingis, I mean, he's first team all bubble at this point. I think it's fair to say he's back. He looks like his the knee injury that was hampering him early. Um, you know, lingering effects from last season. That looks to be all but gone now. He's getting to his spots. He's getting what he wants. I mentioned in, in my previous pod about him, you know, getting closer to the basket and taking his time on shots. He's doing it more, and, in, and especially in this game, he was getting to a spot and just rising up over people. There was no one to defend him. He gave Nurkic fits all night because Nurkic did not want to come all the way out to the three-point line. And on a couple of his threes, he wasn't even on the three-point line. He was a few feet back. Just a tough matchup for Nurkic. Tough matchup for anybody trying to guard Porzingis. And he got whatever he wanted tonight. I mean, they started Trey Burke. 
he he was inserted into the starting lineup tonight and there was a couple of times on the pick and roll where Kristaps actually rolled to the basket got a lob dunk one time another time just got a small little small little um mid-range shot from the short corner but again he was mixing mixing it up doing what he normally does which is make shots um at a high clip because there's no one that can contest his jump shot and he has and he has a pretty good stroke no matter where he's shooting from he can pretty much be stationary and it's almost like he's playing pop a shot at this point uh tim hardaway Last game might have been his launch pad into finding his groove again. Tonight, he was back. Um, he was in a groove. In the first half, he had 11 points. He was 4 for 6 from the field. And he was just being assertive. He was 2 for 4 from the three-point line as well. And maybe, like I said, maybe that was a launch pad last, last game. But ultimately, it'll, it was good to see that he found his rhythm again. And they will need it moving forward because as the third option, there's going to be some nights during the playoffs where they're going to need his uh, scoring punch. Um, they didn't play Seth tonight. Not sure if that was precautionary or if he's really still dealing with his injury. But he sat down for this game. He didn't uh, play. Normally, he's been in the starting lineup and they've been bringing Maxi Kleba off the bench. But today, they started Trey Burke. He played 31 minutes and had a, a solid stat line, 12 points, 9 assists, 4 rebounds. He even had a steal and a block. And, you know, again, I can't, I can't say it enough how clutch of a signing it was to get him prior to them entering the bubble with Jalen Brunson going down. He's just giving them a punch on offense that will be much needed because if they're not going to play a lot of defense, you might as well just throw as many bullets in the chamber on offense. And he's another piece that's come off the bench as a spark plug and a guy who can make plays for himself and make plays for others. Dorian Finney-Smith, he had 15 points today, uh, four rebounds. He was six for eight from the field. And on top of that, he didn't even, he didn't even um, take a lot of threes. He only had, he only took five, but he made three of them. And he's kind of been shooting it a little more aggressive since they've been in the bubble. So it was good to see some efficiency from him in that in that area. And if he if he would have had another one if in fact Trey Burke didn't get an offensive foul call that could have potentially um, tied the game or given them the lead with under a minute to go because he knocked down a three pointer in the corner and it just didn't count. But again. Um, getting offensive production from him will be huge. If he can, if he can produce at this clip in the playoffs, they will be a very tough out. Um, defensively, he was flying around, being disruptive as usual. Um, that's his normal calling card. Is he's kind of a three and D guy, but unfortunately, the Mavs only have true one three and D guy. They need a few more of those. They got the three pointers down, but not a lot of guys that are playing a lot of defense for them. Um, Maxi Kleba played 26 minutes and gave him 12 points, four rebounds, two steals, one block. Extremely active. Um, his typical ways of playing, nothing out of the ordinary for him. He hit three of eight three-pointers. Um, he, was, he wasn't as efficient as he probably would have liked from the three-point line, but it's not bad. Um, another guy who's a, who's a, defensive, who's a defensive-minded uh, player that they use in that role. But again, his his offense was much needed. With the final score being 134-131, there was a lot of 
you know, there was a lot of money to go around on the offensive end, and he certainly got some of it. Darrell Wright, they – I'm not sure if he – sometimes he sometimes when he's out there, he looks like he wants to get in on the three-point party, but he's taking he's taking contested threes, and he's not a three-point shooter to begin with. He's kind of a guy who can get to the basket – He's kind of a Swiss Army knife, so to speak, of a guy who can, you know, he has a decent uh, floater package and finish, finishing around the basket, but he hasn't utilized it as much as maybe he should, and I think that's tripping him up a little bit because he can be a little more productive if he's stuck to what he does best, which is getting to the basket, and just stay aggressive in doing it, especially in the open floor where he can just use his length because he's a, a tall, strong guy that can get in the paint and is uh, fairly quick, so it would be good to see him do a little more of that. Didn't really score. He had one point tonight in a game that saw both teams score over 130. <laughs> um, so it would be good to see him, you know, get get back in his ways and be a contributor on that end. Justin Jackson cannot finish at the rim. I don't know why he doesn't dunk it. He's tall enough. He's 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, He's a slasher to begin with. If you're going to be a slasher, you might as well go up with some authority and dunk the basketball. That's something he he didn't do as a result. I think Rick Carlisle kind of seen that he wasn't um, providing as much as maybe he desired. He had a short night. He only played played about seven seven minutes and some change. And didn't get a lot of burn in the second half. They gave those minutes to Trey Burke. Um, Dorian Finney-Smith played heavy minutes. Um, Tim Hardaway. And we had another Michael Kidd-Gilchrist uh, sighting. <laughs> I said last pod that he should he should get a little bit of time because of his uh, defensive presence. And they did that today. I mean, before he came in the game, Melo was on fire and couldn't miss a basket. Soon as they insert Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, he forced him into three misses. Now, I'm sure some of that with Melo being the, the elite scorer that he is, some of that is his own doing, but it's not a coincidence that Michael Kidd-Gilchrist makes it tough on guys trying to score, and he did that, and he forced him into three misses, and I think Rick Carlisle seems to be taking mental note of what he can provide on that end. Um, like I say, he won't play heavy minutes, but you can certainly bring him in in different areas of the game that you feel like is situational, that he can contribute there's no reason why he can't just come in and just you know play defense get in the open court he had an and one tonight so um you know he can get to the basket and he'll just make something happen a lot of times in these playoff games it gets scrappy um all the possessions are just gritty grind out um ways of playing and he's a guy who can come in and fit that bill so give him a few minutes and i think you know with him playing today it might be a it might be an indication that Rick Carlisle is looking for minutes for him and seeing where where they can get him into the ball game. Let me take a second to let you know that support for hoop ball is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the belt grooming. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Now, as I say, my favorite part about this is two things: one, the battery lasts ninety minutes. So no matter how long you're in the bathroom, you should have plenty of time to get all your manscaping done. Whether you have a hot date or you're just tired of looking at yourself a certain way, 
you should be able to handle whatever you need to in that time on top of that it works in the shower um it is waterproof so you can use manscaped in the shower and doing whatever you need to do um that you it doesn't get much better than that because you don't have to be on the outside of the shower or before you go into the bathroom handling whatever it is that you need to do you can get it all done at one time so again get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code hoopball20 at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code hoopball20 that's h-o-o-p-b-a-l-l-2-0 um i'll take this time to just talk a little bit about it so the mavericks they're going to be the seventh seed with this loss this is all but giving them the seventh seed now for the playoffs i think a few things will 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 change obviously with teams you know focusing in on one team for an entire series as opposed to a night-to-night basis and i've i've touched on situational basketball for the mavericks and kind of what they need to do and i think what they will likely see in the playoffs is more teams will blitz the pick and roll on luka and when they do that i don't know if they have anyone that can consistently make plays downhill as it basically turns into a half court fast break when you when you pass the ball out of the double team i mean he causes so much attention when he comes off the pick and roll, he's he's a very dangerous guy because he's always making the right play. Or at least it seems to, to be that he's always making the right play for himself or someone else. But their their main screen setters are Dorian Finney-Smith and Kristaps Porzingis. Kristaps is not trying to take too many dribbles to get to his spots to score, nor is he great off the dribble making plays for others. Same goes for Dorian Finney-Smith. He's a spot-up three-point shooter. And he's not really going to take a lot of dribbles making anything happen, yet alone finding someone else to make a play for. So it will be it's going to be interesting to see the cat and mouse game that they play or the or the way teams cover Luka and how they want to do things offensively. I think if they blitz the pick and roll, um, Dallas is going to be in a little bit of trouble adjusting on the fly to what to what they can get out of those situations. And Luca, I mean, from watching him throughout the season, he doesn't necessarily. Um, I mean, he's a big, strong guy, but he he struggles a little bit with physicality, especially in fourth quarters of games when they really need to get something out of the offense. And if he's got to put, and if he's got to put pressure on the defense, I mean, he's not afraid to to mix it up and get in there and you know try to get the ball to the basket. But there's been times where, you know, they play Clippers or they play um, some of the other team with bigger guards or guards that can that are athletically able to stay in front of him where he's not as successful. So if these teams blitz the pick and roll and they take Luka out of his playmaking abilities, what are the Mavericks going to resort to? Um, I think that will be interesting to see. I, they only have one more game after this um, before the playoffs start. They obviously won't see any of this any of this coverage um, coming up in any game that they have um, prior to, I mean, before they start the playoffs. But in this last game against Phoenix um, on Wednesday, or on Thursday, excuse me, they play on Thursday at 1 p.m. to be exact, um, they won't see this. But I think it's important to note that 
With the playoffs around the corner, how are the Mavericks going to adjust offensively to some of the coverages they may see? Um, I don't think that Porzingis has to absolutely just stick to the post, so to speak. But I do think he needs to, or I think that the Mavericks should continue to find ways to get him uh, baskets closer to the rim. Or just find sets they can run to get him looks closer to the rim because he's a, a great pick and pop guy. But using his ability um, below the three-point line is going to be critical as these possessions start to get more and more important. Now they are predicated; their entire offense is predicated on spreading you out, hitting uh, three-point shots, keeping the lane clear. But it will have to get mixed up a little bit because you don't want your seven-three guy only, you know, taking majority of his shots from three-point land. So I think that'll be something that's key to look to look at as they move forward into the playoffs. Seth Curry will be a guy that they can help and maybe, you know, they take Luka off the ball a little bit and maybe use a little bit more of Seth and and Tim Hardaway in uh, half-court settings. But again, I think it's interesting to see how they um, continue to evolve moving towards the playoffs when teams start to take away your plan A, plan B, or, or, you know, show you coverages that maybe you don't see that often throughout the season. Um, but this was a great game. I think it was it was good for them to continue playing close games because I think these close games are showing that they're capable of winning close games. And with their shooting ability and just their offensive firepower, they're never out of a game. I mean, they were down. They were down 10 points a couple of times in this game, and they came back um, just because they can put pressure on you on offense that you just – can't prepare for i mean you get a stop here and there but luca is just so good at getting in the lane so good at putting pressure on the defense and finding open shooters that it's just tough to contain and they've been a top five offense all year for a reason and tonight was just another example of that and i think they just literally lost this game because damian lillard was just a little better than the mavericks were as a team but um but this was a great game another bubble classic and um, the one against Phoenix should be good, too. I wonder if they're going to play their starters, knowing that they're now planted as the seventh seed, or if they're going to sit and just rest up and get ready for the playoffs. But either way, this is a must-win game for Phoenix. So if we do get full, get a full crew from the Mavericks, this should be another great up-tempo potential classic game. So um, I'll be back again on Thursday to do this recap thing all over again. But thank you guys for joining me. Um, I'll continue to try to update and continue to try to uh, live tweet from uh, Twitter as well. Again, my Twitter is at LBSaidIt. That's L-B-S-A-I-D-I-T. And follow us at HoopBallMavs. That's H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-M-A-V-S. Follow us there. I'll try to, you know, send out some tweets from there as well or at least get engaged and give you guys some of my insight as to what I'm seeing throughout the game uh, periodically. But I'll save a little bit for it for the pod as well. So everyone have a good night. Let's go Mavs. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.